Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Hustle Middle East. We are at Step Conference for the third time in a row. We are very excited to be media partners again and to make connections like Vijay, who we've tried to have on the show before. Vijay Tirithrai is the managing director at Techstars and he's also a mentor to startups and he's a very familiar face at Step Conference or events related to entrepreneurship. So we're very happy to have you on the show. Well, it's my pleasure to be here this uh, afternoon and uh, thank you very much, uh, Mamtas and Sadat, to have me on your show. It's, uh, of course, it's our pleasure. It's uh, <laughs> now one of the uh, most widely talked about podcasts. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. We try. Great. So, Vijay, if you can tell us a little bit about, you've mentored startups, uh, you've invested in startups in the, in the early stage, in the pre-seed and seed stage. So, as an investor and a mentor, what is the best advice you can give to entrepreneurs and founders? Well, thank you. That's uh, uh, you know, a fantastic question because it opens up a lot of windows for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me begin by saying that um, uh, aside from my official role as a managing director at Techstars, which is where I invest in early stage uh, tech companies, uh, I've been an entrepreneur for the last 35 years. I've uh, built and grown uh, several businesses, a uh, couple are very successful and I would should say many more less successful or what I like to call the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the best return I've had <laughs> is, is those lessons learned yes. from there. Um, and I think uh, a long time ago, I consciously or unconsciously I've decided to make my life mission uh, to help other entrepreneurs succeed. So my success is defined by the success of other entrepreneurs succeeding and th- that is my why okay the Simon Sinek why yeah and, and I think uh, starting with that why gives me the the impetus to do what I do today successfully so that's the first thing I want to say in terms of helping entrepreneurs I think entrepreneurs themselves um, you know, they, they can figure things out. They can help themselves uh, as they like. What I do is I look at myself as a facilitator, opening up doors for them, uh, access to networks, access to capital, access to talent, and access to business opportunities uh, within my sphere of, you know, uh, my world of doing business. And so, in many respects, um, it, Entrepreneurs that deal with me or work with me through the portfolio companies that we invest with uh, invariably have an unfair advantage, as I like to call it, because they get leverage from my relationship to access to a wider network around the world. And whether it's Techstars or whether other network organizations that I'm affiliated with, uh, they can take advantage of that. Um, of course, you know, I do get a lot of unsolicited uh, requests from many entrepreneurs to wanting to get my help. Uh, but I am selective. I like to work with entrepreneurs specifically who I think who, um, who genuinely wants to help themselves, mm-hmm. uh, that they are coachable, they're great listeners, uh, they're willing to take constructive criticisms uh, well, and they're willing to work hard uh, because ultimately you can give advice but if they're not able to convert that advice into some form of learning action. and action, correct. 
uh, and then it just falls on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. And so I take pride and joy seeing, um, uh, not when an entrepreneur listens to a conversation that I, uh, I'm interacting with, but the actions and the results and the outcomes that you see coming out of that uh, conversation. And that for me is it's the it's most rewarding uh, win, yeah. if anything. And that keeps me going on a day-to-day basis. Great. Yeah. I think in order for uh, the ecosystem to grow, to mature, <laughs> we need more widgets then, you know. Uh, a founder's life is very, feels very lonely. It feels like you're in it and grinding and being resilient, but all by yourself. So it's good that, uh, you know, we have people like you that are um, encouraging and giving advice and opening doors for, for these entrepreneurs. Um, you mentioned that you're also affiliated with uh, with other organizations uh, as well. So can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, look, you know, I think um, uh, over the years um, as an entrepreneur, I've been involved with the Entrepreneurs Organization. That was a former role I had as the CEO of the Entrepreneurs Organization. is a global network of uh, successful entrepreneurs with 20,000 members. I've been involved with the Young Presidents Organization, an uh, organization with um, um, young presidents around the world, numbering 30,000 people. Uh, involved with the International Deal Gateway, which is a deal uh, platform for uh, transacting any opportunities from investing to M&As, and so on and so forth. And of course, then you have several industry affiliations and uh, as well as uh, you know uh, networks through LinkedIn and, yeah. and, and so on and so I think um, uh, a word that you may not particularly like is ecosystem and <laughs> when you've been in the ecosystem long enough yeah you invariably meet a lot of people uh, from all walks of life whether it's investors uh, startups founders uh, you know government agencies enablers and so on so it's very easy uh, to basically make the connections rapidly mm. um, sure. and I think that's the privilege I have having served in the ecosystem long enough but coming back to your question about uh, mentoring I, I think uh, to be a mentor is not an attitude but the willingness to to basically give first and there's mm -hmm. something that we say at Texas a lot is you know you just want to give first without any anticipation of something in return and I think when you give first your 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 whole um, mindset in terms of uh, uh, your, your heart opens up and you offer uh, wisdom you offer insights you offer feedback and you offer your connections and and it's amazing how much uh, it goes um, and you might do this for maybe a hundred of hundreds of different founders and not for a moment you would think that I expect something in return. Um, that to me is being a true mentor. Um, and I think, you know, um, the universe works in tremendous mysterious ways. It comes back and gives you all the gratification uh, in some shape or form. And I'm just being grateful to have this opportunity more than anything else. And I think... Um, uh, I would have hoped that in all these years that I've impacted somehow or influenced the thinking of many of these founders to to excel in their endeavors in, in so many ways. So, you know, as they build their companies, uh, it just takes one small idea, which could be a fraction of a percentage of uh, the total value they're getting, 
but that that fraction of the idea could dramatically shift that trajectory and they could gain tremendous success and so for me it's it's really uh, you know throwing out there a, a white cast of net of different uh, ideas but it's just that one gem of idea that can really change the trajectory of a business and that's really what I hope for for them mm. that that will happen that's it's, awesome it sounds very altruistic for an investor <laughs> you know give first with uh, no expectation and anticipation so uh, I'm just curious uh, for tech stars um, you guys invest into early stage startups uh, so what do you guys look for when you're looking to invest and uh, like what is the most important factor for you yeah, so I think, you know, from an investment perspective, uh, we are for profit and we need to look at companies that can make a return for ourselves, but also for our stakeholders, the mm -hmm. LPs that invest with us, our, our corporate partners. And um, uh, when we invest, we invest in very early stage. We are, by definition, a pre-seed investment company. And at that stage, it's really there isn't much financials to go on. For mm -hmm. example, a balance sheet or profit and loss. And more often than not, it's um, a sweet spot between ideation and your first full commercialization of your product and um, yeah, in terms of going to market. So what you're relying on primarily is the quality of the team. Okay. And that's a subjective thing to look at. And I think with my background as an entrepreneur together with my team, we all have strong um, track record in terms of our entrepreneurial experience. We've built and exited businesses multiple times. And having worked with so many other entrepreneurs, it gives us the, uh, you know, at, at many times you have to make a gut feeling, a gut call. Who do you think is, is the, are the right founders to bet on? And we do rely on that. And, and the gut is important in this situation. Mm -hmm. So the team is, as you probably may have heard multiple times, is the paramount importance, the quality of the team. And because they're the ones who are going to shape the, the vision and the strategy of the business, the business model, the technology can change overnight. Yeah. Right. But the team cannot change overnight. So really what you stuck with is the team. So in the selection process, mm -hmm. uh, I take a lot of interest in engaging with, with each founders, understanding their psychology of why they're getting into business, uh, what's been the track record, what's the ex past experiences, as well as you know, how they're gonna solve the problem. And I think it's, it has to do a little, little with uh, your academic qualification, it has to do with um, your track record in terms of building stuff, executing things and so we tend to look at that of course the market opportunity is something that is also of great importance For sure. right. and uh, we try to see rationalize whether the uh, the the product or the solution that you're trying to bring to the market is uh, is viable enough I would like to think that those companies can attain a hundred million dollars in terms of uh, uh, say gross merchandise value in, in many cases for it to be interesting enough but at times we really don't know the exact numbers but we believe that the team can go and figure this one out uh, and i have many examples of where we've invested companies at pure ideation mm -hmm. even without a without a, a, a product in place yeah. yeah but based on a proof of concept or an mvp 
not even an MVP. Okay. Uh, I take a company like Blue Flight, for example, which is uh, I invested with uh, through Techstars four years ago. Four, um, uh, four co-founders from McKinsey. Uh, all they had was an idea to build a flying car. And we sat in Costa Coffee down in Jumeirah Road, and he, they sketched out to me um, the idea. Uh, there was no uh, product, uh, no prototype, no engineering designs whatsoever, but they convinced me they can build this thing. And without, within, um, within 90 days of us um, writing a check, uh, they, they built a prototype, and the, and the actual machine flies, <laughs> and today they are, they've got uh, numerous contracts in the Middle East as a cargo uh, drone company. Wow. Oh, interesting. Right? That's but amazing. to taking that decision uh, four years ago with no evidence of a MVP, a prototype, engineering drawings, nothing other than just four brilliant uh, co-founders, it's the type of decision that we're able to take. Because of your experience, and, and and then you say, you know, would every uh, individual with with an idea on a paper napkin walks <laughs> in, would you invest? The answer is no. no. Yeah. You know, you really have to see through the potential of this, and again, comes back to the ability to execute that vision. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, what are some of the cool startups that you've uh, invested into? Aside from Blue Fly. <laughs> well, I think uh, if I had to pick uh, your your favorite children, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> uh, but uh, we we've invested over close to fifty companies since we've been here in the uh, Middle East. Uh, okay. We've uh, we've done five programs: two in Dubai, two in Abu Dhabi, and one in Riyadh so far. And uh, throughout these uh, last four years uh, or so. Uh, we've attracted a lot of companies from all over the world, not just from the MENA region. Uh, but what we've seen more interestingly enough uh, are companies coming out of uh, this region, uh, which are comparable to any companies we're seeing from the US or from Europe. And that's what I saw a dramatic change in the last um, the quality? Uh, four, four or five years, the quality of companies coming up. Yeah. Mm. And I think also the market is more ripe for it right now, uh, mm -hmm. for these companies to scale, and the acceptability from big corporates to partner with these startups to be able to, uh, uh, to you know, to work with them. A case in point, a company called Dirk that we invested, who went through our program, a mobility program in the U.S., is now working with Etisalat uh, on autonomous driving on a project here. So they're doing some pilots here. But it's taken the company over six years to get to this stage. Mm. Right. And again, um, where was autonomous driving uh, six years ago? Uh, mm. You know, it's almost like a far-fetched dream. Yeah. But today, every uh, telco company wants to implement some sort of level of autonomous driving. Mm -hmm. And so Dirk is doing that right now. Um, we've got a company called Polyloop, which we invested uh, in uh, out of uh, Hungary, uh, that are basically... Um, using um, bacteria as ability to digest uh, plastics uh, and so that what it does is basically they can recycle all the seven grades of plastics including PET, PPE and uh, and the sludge that they produce as a byproduct can be recycled into new form of plastics and make into new products Amazing. completely um, uh, re not just re recyclable 
but what they're also addressing is basically el eliminates any energy consumption mm. uh, in terms of recycling. recycling so even yeah. nine percent of plastics today are recycled. Uh, are basically relying on really heavy energy uh, source to be able to recycle those plastics. In this case, is using bacteria, which basically you just put in the, in a in a in a lab and they'll just digest those plastics in in thirty days. That's pretty amazing. So yeah. that's the kind of cool companies that we're investing in. Of mm. course, we have a lot more. They're not so cool, cool companies, but they're doing amazing work. You know, like in <laughs> fintech and, for example, in health health insurance claims, mm -hmm. uh, to uh, you know. Uh, Enabling um, uh, what do you call merchant um, uh, as a merchant um, point of sales mm. in, in countries like Egypt and Saudi Arabia, mm. and and the impact they're having to local entrepreneurs mm. are, are tremendous because they are so disconnected with technology. Because mm. at the moment, technology is so either uh, too too fancy that they can't adopt it too easily or for that matter it's too costly. Mm. And so a lot of these companies like Tagati for example, uh, Glamera we recently invested in are changing that by providing low Access. cost options to micro entrepreneurs uh, and so on so forth. Another company that we've invested in um, is Three Wheels United that's changing the way EV is being uh, used in, in India. Uh, they are addressing the problem of just not emissions, but they are addressing the way that uh, these vehicles are being financed by uh, state-owned banks and lending companies, which is not allowing the owners or the drivers of the vehicles to really make a decent living. Mm. And so with this model that they have, which uh, allows them to access cheap sources of capital, allows the owners of this, uh, say, three-wheelers that provides mobility, mm. Um, uh, at, uh, at a much lower cost, thereby doubling the income overnight. Okay. And so we are seeing tremendous uh, impact, not from uh, uh, you know the emissions that they pr they don't produce, but also the impact in terms of income, enabling their their families to take away much better uh, income, but also providing better efficiencies in public transportation mm. uh, in metro areas in in India. And that's Three Wheels United. So I can go on Amazing. with many cool companies, and that's no, one of the beautiful things really that I cool. do yeah. is to look for these great companies and great founders who are basically impacting uh, in every aspect of uh, you know uh, society. Cool. Great. Um, you mentioned that you get a lot of unsolicited <laughs> um, emails and things as well from founders that may not be so receptive to feedback or or uh, react to it. So how how would people? What is the best way for a lot of our audience is. Uh, in the early stages, potentially have an idea, probably a POC. So what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, Mamta. I think, uh, to, to be very honest with you, I, I think the best way is through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And you can send me a message to say, look, you know, I have a, I have a startup, I want to pitch to you. That's the most efficient way to do it. I think even better still, uh, if you have someone that you know you can get a referral from, like a former tech start company, a founder or a mentor, that will definitely put you on the, on top of the deck yeah. in terms of priority. Getting an audience. So getting a, getting a referral or a, a referral 
uh, introduction is far more effective than uh, just some uh, random cold call, and that allows you to you know differentiate yourself from the rest of the uh, the mm -hmm. crowd. Okay. I, I do get a lot on a daily basis, to be honest, and I. It takes me sometimes days, if not weeks, to reply to everyone, but I generally go through every uh, inbound messages that I get. That's amazing. Considering our audience, uh, I wanted to know, do you think that the market is ma mature enough in the early stage, pre-seed uh, stage uh, when it comes to investors? Because it does seem to be that uh, VCs tend to be a little bit more risk averse and a lot of VCs are investing in growth stage really validated businesses and products because of acquisitions made over the last couple of years. So do you think that there's a lot of opportunities to raise early? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I would say that, you know, traditionally, VCs generally um, tend to focus on later stage companies because there's a lot more traction and evidence of their product market fit that makes them more comfortable. Uh, to justify such an investments and they tend to be also larger check sizes mm -hmm. and so the early stage companies primarily at pre-seed and seed is usually filled up by angel investors family and friends around however we've seen in the recent months if not just in the last year two an increased amount of interest particularly by institutional investors to get into seed and pre-seed stage which is a good news for the industry and um, which means their willingness to write smaller checks at a much earlier stage um, is a validation that uh, the ecosystem is strong uh, from the investment appetite um, and I think also because it gives them the um, um, you know a, a hedge into uh, many of these companies the potential will be successful uh, will grow in valuation a lot faster, rise a lot uh, higher. So for them to catch them earlier, they tend to write uh, checks earlier. Uh, so we've seen that happening right now. However, I would say that the role for accelerators um, and angel investors in particular play a crucial role in the development of uh, founders and startups at the grassroots level. Mm. And that needs to be further nourished. Mm. Uh, I was recently in, in Saudi Arabia uh, last week when we had our uh, Texas Riyadh demo day and I would say that you know half the investors in the room are filled by angel investors which is really great to see that because many of the angel investors there are you know having full-time jobs they're in mm. corporates they are in family businesses but they're very eager and they have a keen appetite in terms of investing in early stage companies and we like to see more of that and we believe that's more uh, is coming in in part of that is because thanks to uh, the media exposure to a lot of the startups getting a lot of visibility is creating a lot of excitement in the early stage um, I think um, um, for, for VCs by and large um, where we're getting into the future right now there'll be specialists in different stages uh, across the entire value change mm. from pre-seed right to growth stage capital mm. and eventually all these VC firms that have come about in the last three years particularly will find their own uh, levels to settle at mm. as far as Texas is concerned we uh, we believe that at the rate that we're investing right now which is about 650 companies annually 
this 615 year? Wow. Companies. 650 companies. 650 companies. Wow. Uh, globally, that is not just in the region. Uh, we'll probably be the preeminent leader in uh, a pre-seed investment company. Okay. And we decided that uh, we like to just focus on pre-seed because we know how to do that best. Yeah. Uh, could we invest in, in later stage uh, seed or pre-A or series A? Yes, we could. We do invest as a full-on investment into some of our portfolio companies only, but we do not invest outside, outside. our portfolio. And, um, and the reason we're able to do that is because Ultimately, you have to be good at your game. And one of the things that we are good at is basically data. Uh, our collation of data as an organization at Pre-Seed, how we identify uh, founders, how we nurture them, how we track them on a weekly basis. That data, no, no organization has at scale as we do uh, globally. And so as long as we believe that we um, are good in what we do, in terms of um, uh, focusing to a specific niche, uh, we will attract uh, you know investors right. uh, working with us. Mm. Awesome. And the fact that you have been uh, specialized and and focused on pre-seed for as long as you have, um, it's it's been validated now by success stories, and it's allowed you to capture this data, which is great. Yeah. So I'm just curious, what's your average ticket size with Dexter? So we, when we invest as an accelerated investment company, um, we invest both in terms of cash and non-cash components. The non-cash is a larger contribution to mm -hmm. the cash component. And so in terms of the cash component, it's about 120,000 US dollars. But okay. the non-cash can go up to about a million dollars worth of value to a company. And that's the emphasis that we put there because uh, we tell to the founders that if you really want cash per se, then go speak to an angel investor, go speak to a VC. But if you're looking for a value add contribution in terms of access to a global um, network, Platform. if you're looking for access to investors, access to corporates, we have partnerships with 100 Fortune 500 companies globally as an example. Right. We have presence in 25 cities around the world. We, we have developed over 600 ecosystems uh, around the world. And so we do people um, pretty much in every sector. We have specialists in health tech, in aviation, in space engineering, in healthcare, as well as in uh, mobility. So in every aspect that we you can think about, we have people within our organizations, whether it's entrepreneurs and residents or mentors that specialize in these areas. This, these are the most valuable assets the founders need to have right now if you're building a company, not to make fundamental mistakes about building a company. And so what we then do is to say, look, we will take 6% of your company in exchange for all these benefits because we are operating as a co-founder like you. We're not just an investor. We're working hand-in-hand in, hand in building your company. And that mindset is different from, say, any other investor who's right. coming in, who's just putting purely money. capital. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think um, the relationships that, uh, that these founders can have by leveraging through our network is, is uh, a thousand X than what they can do potentially on their own. Yeah. So our investment is just that. It's really the Texas deal is a Texas investment 
which yeah. they get access to network talent capital and uh, and uh, which is great for early stage Absolutely. yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah to avoid making any and and this is why valuable right yeah. and and perhaps you know maybe maybe if i can th- uh, uh respond in this way to your question sadal i think the the question is not so much how much we invest but more so when you look at the success rates mm-hmm. of the companies that we invest now you know very well that say close to 90% of startups don't survive in the first 3 years right but 85% of our companies that we invest survive beyond 5 years and so that's a very yeah. high number yeah which is inversely proportional to the reality outside yeah and the reason they able to do that is the sustained efforts that we have working with them uh during the 3 months accelerator program and also beyond because they're part of a global network mm. right. of uh getting uh support and um so that's the first measure of success the second measure of success is that within 6 months of them graduating from any of our programs uh, the vast majority will raise at least a million to a million and a half dollars in in funding okay that's um amazing. and 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 combine uh, uh you know in combined with all the entire portfolio companies that we have graduated last year they raised 2 billion dollars collectively wow. as as a portfolio and that's going to grow this year as well to maybe 3 billion and, and above and so when you're part of this amazing portfolio and amazing network uh there's a lot of opportunities coming across in terms of business uh opportunity mnas yeah. mm-hmm. acquisition for talent uh within the network and that happens at a very rapid pace mm. because you're part of the textas network okay yeah that's awesome that's amazing yeah. great um i think this has been super valuable for our listeners and they now know how to get in touch with you <laughs> linkedin through a referral um and just the value that uh textas brings to uh early stage startups and the value that it's adding to the ecosystem <laughs> there i said it again um so thank you so much vijay for being on the show finally and for uh, giving your time and uh, yeah we'll see you at all startup events anyway moving forward well i think there's a better way to make a referral if they can get through sadat and mamta okay <laughs> okay way. okay so say <laughs> reference startup hustle sadat and mamta and vijay is going to open that That's dm right. that inbox well, thank you for very much for the opportunity to speak with you i think it's been Great. some time We, yeah, we it's been some time coming. Thank you for the opportunity. I really Great. enjoyed chatting with same, you. Same, same. It was very insightful. Well. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. Awesome.